Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates how successful communicators create genuine connection. I'm Amelia Veal, and through the series, I share communication strategies that you can use. Today, I chat with the bubbly Kerry Pothast. Kerry has a larger-than-life presence and yet is so humble and giving in her approach to others. She is a three-times Olympian, an author, a mother, a health and wellness coach, and also a motivational speaker. Working in a range of different communities, Kerry touches on the fundamental importance of listening, both in business and for building meaningful connections with each of her communities in a unique way. This is Kerry's version of Be The Drop. Hi, Kerry. Thank you so much for joining us today on our next episode of Be The Drop. It's an absolute pleasure. pleasure to have you. Thank you. Great. Now, I see that you've brought along your items of significance. Now, these items connect you with your community, and I'd love for you to explain a little bit about them. Well, the first one is actually my bronze medal from Atlanta in 1996. It's not as shiny and it's not as expensive and valuable as our gold medal from 2000 but it was actually where it all began. It's where our gold was kind of born, I guess, because when we won the bronze, we thought, wow, we've got four years now to get better and get the gold in Sydney. And then of course, um, this one is the shiny one, the gold in Sydney. So this most definitely connects me to my community because a lot of the time people wanna see it, they wanna touch it, they wanna hold it. They go, oh my God, it's heavy. Um, oh, what was it like? That I think I've been asked that question about a million times. What was it like to win a gold medal? What was it like at the Olympics? And it, my answers are always different. They're really, they're really always different depending on who I'm with, whether they're school kids or corporates or, you know, just a friend. So it was just like, a, like to, to put it in one sentence, it was like an explosion of emotions, everything happening all at once like realizing my god we've done it and then oh my god i don't believe it but it was all about belief <laughs> and all the sacrifices and the hard work and i guess 20 years of elite sport leading up to that moment so everything it was it was just everything absolutely it's giving me sort of goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> i can't really imagine it but it's sensational to hear you talk about it um okay so you, you mentioned your community and people asking you questions and we sort of talked about this a little bit before. Who is that community? And maybe you could explain that a little bit. Yeah, that's a tough one. When you first asked me about community, I thought, okay, who's my community? And then I thought, wow, I've got a lot of different communities and actually made me think about the different sections of the community that I work with or, or um, the circles that I work in. So I've obviously got my friends and family, um, but then I've also got um, my corporate community. I do a lot of motivational speaking and I've been doing that now for 15 plus years. Um, and I thought if I if I thought 15 years ago that I'd still be doing it, I would have said probably not. I'd, be, I'd have a nine to five job, but <laughs> I actually really, really love speaking on stage and inspiring other people and really making it personal to the, the groups that I'm talking to. So that's a big community because that's a community that basically has been my breadwinner as well for the last, you know, 15 years, I guess, since, since you know, winning gold in Sydney. 
Um, and then I have recently started a, a new community or started within a new community in the health and wellness industry. So going, working with Isogenics, which is a nutritional cleansing company. So that's a completely new thing for me. Network marketing, something I never thought I'd be into, but it's all about networking. It's all about helping people. It's all about helping with them with their health and wellness. And at the same time, if they're interested, helping them create wealth as well. So it's a really diverse bunch of communities. And then on top of that, and then of course, the I guess where it's all come from is my sporting community. So I have the volleyball community and I'm on the board of, of Volleyball Australia. Um, I still enjoy coaching the juniors. And I, of course, whenever there's an opportunity to attend events, I'm always at the events and helping and just, you know, being there because I love to support the sport that's given me all these other opportunities to be in these other communities. Wow, so it is quite a diverse community. But if you had to think about it, what is it that unites these different areas of community? I think initially the reason I go to the next one and then the next one developed and the next one developed is a passion. Um, a passion and perhaps a need or a why you know, sort of having a deep reason to want to get in there. So it all started with volleyball and my passion for the sport grew because I was physically suited for the sport, being six foot tall. Um, at the age of 15, I started playing volleyball and all of a sudden people were patting me on the back um, for being tall and going, oh yeah, you're great, come and, you know, come and join our club instead of, oh, you're tall, what's the weather like up there? And, you know, being real self-conscious as a teenager. So, you know, I, I developed a passion for volleyball. Then the speaking part started with a why because we needed to get some extra income to help support our journey, um, traveling, coaching expenses, all those sorts of things to get to the first Olympics and then the second Olympics. Um, and so initially I was SH scared of speaking on stage, but then I developed a passion for it. I actually really enjoyed doing it. So it's interesting how something you can be really afraid of and think, oh, I don't know if I'm good at that. You just have the courage and you, you take a step and go towards it and you do it. And then you go, wow, actually that was okay. And now I'm getting better and better. And then eventually you get patted on the back again. You get that recognition, makes you feel good, makes you want to do it more. And then I could put my prices up in, my, my, uh, in, the, in the corporate world and then I was able to earn a living from it. And what a great living to be able to go and inspire people and get paid for it. So passion got into that. And then um, the Isogenics community, uh, the passion for the products initially. I needed to lose a little bit of weight. I thought that's what it was all about. I tried it, did it. And then I realized that there's a whole community of people there. And this is a tool that I can now use, a health and wellness tool with some of my other communities. I can re recommend it to other people and help them with their health journeys. So I think it's the passion that's connected them. Um, and then maybe, and the why, it starts off with a why. So with that health and wellness, it was because I thought I wanted to get healthy and lose a bit of weight, but and then it turned into a passion. So starting with a why and then turning into a passion. Absolutely, and you've touched a few times there on, you know, wanting to inspire people, health and well-being. So there's a lot of that um, repeated sort of looking to help others and bring them together in sharing your passion. Do you think that's part of the uniting your community aspect? I think it is. Um, I remember back at school, I really wanted to be a teacher. So I like to teach people things. I like to actually help people be better at what they're doing if I already have that knowledge. So 
very early into my volleyball career, as I was getting better, I was starting to do a little bit of coaching. Um, when I finished indoor and, and started beach volleyball, I was still coaching indoor volleyball. And then towards the end of my beach volleyball career, I started coaching beach volleyball. So I like that aspect. It, I, it fulfills me to be able to teach somebody else something and see them grow. Yeah, and you've written a book around that sort of aspect as well. That's right, yeah. I, um, a few years ago, I thought, how can I leave my legacy around for longer than I'm around? You know, I go in and I speak for an hour and everyone's like, yeah, that was awesome. And then I leave. What can I leave with them? So book was uh, an obvious um, answer. But I wanted it to be something that athletes and everybody could get something out of. So it's aimed at the athletes, it's called a business of, the business of being an athlete, but it covers things that we can all learn from. So there's a lot of mindset stuff in there, um, a lot of practical things, you know, teaching athletes table manners, you know, which knife and fork to use, teaching athletes or anybody how to, to talk to the media and how to get PR for themselves, whether they're a small business um, or building their own brand. Um, teaching them how to get sponsors, how to set goals, how to deal with setbacks. So there's a lot of stuff in there that we can all learn from. And I made it so you could take it with you anywhere and you could just open it and have a look and go, oh yeah, um, this, I'll just read this chapter today. So it's got all my stories in there and all sorts of fun pictures and stuff of my journey through the volleyball years. Um, but it's also broken down so you can actually just go to any topic and just read that. You don't have to read it from cover to cover. It's a big book. <laughs> it's a thick one. <laughs> <laughs> so you've made it so they don't have to necessarily do it all at once. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good. It's a journey and it's a journey going through it and um, it, it, you know, it came from a journey. But I wanted to, I'm a real giver of, of information. And I, I'm also a collector of information. So from all my different communities, I collect a lot, lot of information because very quickly, I think, at some point, I'm going to teach somebody this. And that's what I, every time I read something or watch something, I have that in the back of my head that the next step is I'm going to teach some of this. So maybe that's a leadership skill, I'm not sure, it's, or it's just innate within me that I want to do that. I see that in my, my 10 year old son now, he, he's real helpful and wants to teach his other friends in, in class. So his teacher's always saying, Tyson, sit down, stop interrupting everybody because he's like, I'm finished. And he's going around helping everyone else. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I think you got that from me. Good. Okay, so you've got a very a strong passion and you've shared that with your community and it's really united them. What do you think then is the key to motivate them to take action in those different areas and then get further engaged in, in your community? Um, look, everybody's different and everybody has different motivators. I think it's, it's finding out what those motivators are and then providing them with some sort of support in that area. So if the motivator is through pleasure, then providing them with an opportunity to have fun. If, if they need, um, if the motivation is through a pain, such as ill health or weight loss that they're after, they wanna be able to run around and play with their kids again, or they're young and they haven't ever been to a, you know, a beautiful shop and been able to try on a beautiful dress or something to be able to help them with their health, that pain, providing them with a tool or an opportunity. And then once you've given that to somebody, supporting them. So I think the support is, more important than everything. Anything you can 
hand a something you know you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink but if you're standing there next to it and you're encouraging it and you're patting the horse and you're saying here you know this is what it tastes like I'll have some with you and I do it as well and here let's all do it together and supporting them in a like a really nice community a positive uplifting community then that's going to give them the best result that they can have to try and help them in what area what area they want to improve I guess fantastic so you've talked about providing a, a really positive environment. Have you experienced any negativity in your community and, and how do you handle that? Totally. <laughs> I think that there is, I mean, in Australia, there's, there's a bit of a tall poppy, like let's pull down the tall poppy thing. Whereas in the States, for instance, you know, they put their tall poppies up and go, yeah, you guys are fantastic. Whereas in Australia, it's like, oh, don't talk about yourself like that. So when we were you know, out to win an Olympic gold medal and we were starting to tell people, it was more about us believing in ourselves and that's why we were telling people this is what we're going after. And I'm, you know, behind the scenes, I'm sure there were many people, even our sporting federation at the time, not believing in us. They didn't believe us. Um, so there was that kind of underground of negativity, which wasn't apparent at the time, but you can almost feel it. Like if people have some the energy and they're not the energy is not positive and uplifting you know it's then it's negative and you can kind of feel that um, so the way we dealt with that was kind of like you watch us you know you watch us do it so it kind of gave us we turned it around to give us a bit of fuel rather than think oh they're not supporting us okay let's use that and let's show them that we can actually do it and you know right now we don't need your support we'll go to someone who is willing to give us support so sometimes you just have to kind of block that off and or turn it around in a way that that makes it work for you and a, a good story about that was um in atlanta in 1996 we were playing the americans for the bronze medal and the american crowd in atlanta united states 10,000 of them screaming out usa usa so that was not very positive for us <laughs> And I remember sitting down with Nat and I said to her something like, oh God, that chanting, it's really getting to me. It was a, a really tight match. And she looked at me and said, Kez, she said, turn the letters around. And I went, what? USA, turn those letters around. Like what else can they stand for? And I went, oh, AUS. And she goes, they're cheering for us, you know? <laughs> so we went back out on the court and started chanting AUS, AUS when they were singing USA. And so we just turned it around to our advantage, even though it was a little bit silly and it was a little bit fun, but it kind of relaxed the whole situation. We ended up winning, not because of that, I don't think, but it, it changed the situation. So we dealt with that situation by making it positive for us. Um, and then, the, you know, now I'm dealing with in the, in the network marketing industry, it's very interesting because there are a lot of people who don't support that industry, although it's one of the most... I don't know, the highest earning industries in the world right now and a lot more products are being um, introduced with a network marketing model. So you've got your old ones like your Avons and your Amways and now nowadays there are so many new products. You know, you've got your oils and your Thermomixes and your, there's so many products that are used and oh, even intimate um, apparel and, you know, people are having parties in their homes, you know, saying, come along and, and support me. I'm, I'm doing this now. So it's an, a marketing model that more and more products are being, um, I guess, sold through. But there is still that negativity. So the pyramid scheme, what's a pyramid scheme and all that that you have to deal with. So, again, it's about making sure people have information, making sure they're making the right 
decisions either way. And then if it's their choice to not support it, that's fine. And just being able to go, that's fine. I still love you. You're still my friend or, you know, no offence, move on. So, you know, sometimes you just have to have a, a thick skin, I think, with negativity. And, um, but I'm very sensitive as well. So <laughs> I have like an outer, I'm a crab. I have the outer shell and the softness on the inside. Um, so sometimes the outer shell is good. It can kind of rebound. Yeah, but trying not to take it personally. Yeah, try not to take it personally. Yeah, mm. And protecting the inside softness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and having people to support you. Like my husband is just so incredibly supportive. Like he, will, he will always be there to back me up no matter what. And I have friends like that as well and family. So they're the most, most important people to us, aren't they? You know, we have a community out, outside of the, our four walls, but what really matters are our closest people. And yeah, that's what we have to focus on, what we have rather than what they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> so with your community and, and communicating with that, what sort of platforms are you using in talking to them and what are you finding is the most successful in that communication? So you, just like email versus social media, things like that, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with, and whether it's a mix across yeah, them. Yeah, with the corporate world, with my speaking, it's still all website email. So people will Google speakers, for instance. So I need to have a, a good website that has really good um, visuals and some examples and testimonials and videos. Um, so YouTube um, and emails back and forth flying around. I don't find that social media is an area yet where I've not the general social. LinkedIn is something that I haven't even investigated yet, but I know I've got thousands of contacts, but you know, I'm still, I still haven't even done anything marketing wise on LinkedIn. And I know it's kind of an untapped market, but um, the social media part of it's great for my network marketing business. Great, fantastic. Um, but emails, YouTube for the corporate world, then volleyball world. Um, and sort of working with athletes often and coaching, that's the one-on-one -on -one stuff. That's the stuff where, you know, you, you have to show, it's because it's a physical skill, you have to often show people um, and, and coach them one-on-one -on -one in those skills. Um, I'm also on the board of Volleyball Australia, so that's through conference calling and um, meetings and emails. If, does yeah. that kind of answer your so question? So you're across all platforms, really? Yeah, <laughs> I am across many media platforms. If there's any that I'm not using, please let me know because <laughs> I'm looking at Snapchat, but I'm not sure that's for me. <laughs> I don't no, know. I, I don't know. I know. I think Snapchat is an interesting one to watch because yeah. definitely visual with video and imagery is becoming more and more prevalent. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting one. You just really have to look at who your market is and how you're going to reach them and, you know, what do you, what do you want them to see? And, and so branding is becoming really important with everyone. And I've, I've always been very um, conscious of first impressions with people. And I remember again from Atlanta, I was in the um, media village in the um, food hall. And for many years, uh, Monica Sellis, a tennis player, was like a hero in my mind because remember she'd been stabbed in the back at an event and mm. then she came back and she was actually competing in Atlanta. And I'd had a really bad knee injury and I'd came back, switched from indoor to beach. So I kind of had something there where I thought, oh, she's so brave and you know, I really look up to her and I really liked her. Anyway, I, I saw her sitting down with a, a tray of food in the, in the um, uh, food hall 
And I thought, oh, I'm going to go and ask her for an autograph. And I'm not ever an autograph hunter type person, but I had my Aussie flag with me and I was getting all the athletes to sign my Aussie flag, the Aussie athletes. But I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if I get her? So I kind of walked up to her and she was, there were other people doing the same thing and I felt a bit uncomfortable. I thought, no, I'm going to do it. And I, I put it down, you know, after a couple of people had and she just kind of went, signed it and then pushed it away to the next one. And I went, oh. So that was my only ever, you know, impression of her. And I thought, you know what? I don't ever want anyone to feel like I felt. So from that moment on and after we won bronze and then after gold and we had a lot of attention, I always make sure, and I still make sure now when I'm speaking and people come up to me afterwards and say, thank you, that was great or whatever, I make sure that I give them some attention because I'm always wary of that first impression. Mm. And so branding for me is really, really important. No matter whether you're a small business owner or a, an athlete, you know, athletes have to be careful because they can get big endorsements. But these days with social media, they have to be really careful what they put on social media. So the way an athlete brands themselves on social media, they might not realizing, realize they are branding themselves with the way they're, they're speaking about themselves and their lives. But people are watching. So we all have a brand to... It's a very personal brand. It's, yeah. the, it's their, their brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess I've created a brand of being a role model in a sense um, that I want to make sure I, you know, to do the right thing whenever I can. Um, and just, I'm naughty at home. <laughs> <laughs> Behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. So, well, in conclusion, can you finish up by telling us Kerry's Be The Drop tip? So a be the, be the drop tip is your top communication connection tip. You know, what it is that you think is at that core of, you know, inspiration and bringing people together and really helping create the waterfall. I think being interested and asking questions of the community, people one-on-one -on -one in a group situation, whatever. So rather than doing what I'm doing today is talking about myself, which I do a lot, it's really hard. Whenever I'm in other situations, I'm always more interested in other people um, and I'm always throwing it back to them and I'm listening to what they're talking about so I can hear if there is a need for me to help that person. Um, so I think being a really good uh, it, it goes back to caring, I guess, caring about the other person and asking good questions and, and really listening to the answers. Being engaged. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much for Thank your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to Be The Drop podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Leave us a review or share with someone who is looking to improve their communication. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at B underscore the underscore drop or visit our website narrativemarketing.com.au and click on the podcast tab. If you or somebody you know embodies Be The Drop, email us via podcast at narrativemarketing.com.au. New episodes are released each Monday, so make sure you don't miss out by checking in every week.